you choose key moments in your business journey or in your life. And these key moments can be something as like as simple as a conversation, a trip you took, a day that you deeply remember, a lesson you learned from someone. You take those key moments, a handful of them, and those become your stories. They become like the flag posts in your journey. And that has been the most effective way to tell stories. Hey, you beautiful angel. Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Megan Turley, and I'm here to give you all the details about being an entrepreneur, running your own business, discovering your passion and turning it into a profitable business, leaving the nine to five corporate life and creating a life that you truly love and enjoy. I successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six figure business, and now I'm here to help you do the same. I hope by tuning in, it inspires you to take the steps to create the life you really want to live. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm so freaking excited that you're here. Enjoy the show. What's up, family? Welcome to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show. We have another guest, guys. I'm so pumped. We've been knocking out the guests lately. We have Emma Jane. She is a storytelling and marketing expert this week. And I love Emma because she helped me on my new website. She built all of my copy. Emma, hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm lovely. Thank you for that introduction. And I can't wait to see your website come to life. It's almost there. Yes. So by the time this podcast airs, it will have already been like uh, unveiled and all of the things. But I feel like we kind of went through hell trying to get this scheduled between (laughs) your time zone, (laughs) my time zone, our schedules. For those of you that don't know, Emma's an Aussie. So she is technically in Friday now when we're recording this episode Thursday night in the US. So it's been fun, but I'm so glad that we finally got the schedule because I love your marketing. I love how you do things. It's very different. And most people, I should say, there aren't a lot of women that specialize in marketing, especially in the US. So I think you have a really valid point of view and how you do things. And I want to talk about all the things today. I appreciate that. Thank you. And we have worked hard to get on here. So for everyone listening, this is the most intentional collaboration because this (laughs) was time zone sensitive and we made it work. But no, thank you for your lovely words. And definitely the female marketing perspective ties in a lot to what I know we'll touch on later, which is the rise of bro marketing, which is very interesting. So I'm very happy to be here and I'd love to dive in. I can't wait. Yeah. Tell us just about you and yourself, what you do, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, in my business, I'm a storytelling and marketing expert, but really what I am at the core is someone who uses words, marketing techniques through whether it's visuals, whether it's different ways to sell and and speak to things in order to provide people with a chance to connect themselves or their product with the people who need to hear it or receive it. So I work with a lot of service providers, a lot of coaches, a lot of people who help people. And a huge part of what I do is they often have a lot of incredible ideas and a big vision for their business, but they're not entirely sure of how to connect that to people who need to hear it. And that's sort of where I come in. I'm the middleman to help them create that connection and build that community. And I know from my own personal experience, a lot of times it's hard to put that kind of stuff into words. 
and you just kind of come along mm-hmm. and refine all of that, which is excellent. It's <laughs> so much easier than trying to like test and figure it out on your own and spend months, possibly years, just throwing shit up and seeing what sticks basically. Absolutely. When I was just a copywriter and I didn't really associate with marketing expertise as much, I really realized that like copywriting in itself is for anyone who doesn't know, copywriting really is just being able to write any type of content for whether it's a website, whether it's social media captions, a sales page, it's just writing the actual words is what copy is. And because I often get the question, is this legal copywriting? (laughs) I've had that asked a few times, but it's not. As opposed to illegal copywriting? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you're doing words, is that? (laughs) Could you imagine? And I realized, I think, you know, almost a year into doing copywriting, how much it was part of a bigger ecosystem. And words were a really big part of how people connected, but also there was other psychological aspects. There was other ways to speak in market services that made a difference. You can have incredible words, but if you don't feel confident showing up and selling them and talking about them and directing people to where they are, which might be your website, it kind of gets lost. So that's where my journey sort of took me. No, that's awesome. So in the world of sales and marketing, you rarely hear about storytelling, especially from, I feel like men, because, you know, they're a little bit different style of marketing. And I feel like the storytelling is definitely a very feminine thing, but how did you kind of niche down into that? Was there a specific circumstance that you were like, oh my gosh, like we have to like tell her story. And then it just kind of grew or how did that happen for you? Oh, I love that question. Firstly, Definitely. I agree. I think I've noticed female business owners or female marketers in this sort of niche that I'm in. Technically, you know, I'm in that storytelling niche. They do tend to be more of the natural storytellers. I've seen more men probably dabble more towards marketing to other men. So it's really interesting when you kind of watch the way that marketing has played out. But to answer your question, how I got more deeply into storytelling, I think I've always been someone who told stories. I was raised by an English teacher. I feel like I just came by it honestly in that sense. I was grew up writing and telling stories and I always did very well at it. But in business, yes, I remember I had a few clients back to back, back when I initially became a copywriter. And ironically, they weren't coaches or anything, which is more of the people I I gravitate to working with now. One was a holistic dental practice owner and the other was a web designer. And at the start of my journey as a copywriter, I knew how to like extract their story. But when I really got to know them and we actually became friends, I realized how important storytelling was to building trust. Because once I understood their story on a really deep level, I found a new level of trust for them. I found a new level of connection for them. And I thought, wow, well, if I've found that their audience needs to feel that too, because I was like, okay, I need to find a way to work with you. I don't even need holistic dental work, but I'm going to find a way to to get it done. (laughs) I don't need a designer, but I want (laughs) to, I want to get your designs. And I realized how much community it built. So I started just playing with the idea of positioning myself like that for people who really felt they had something important to share or a mission or something that they just felt a story needed to be told. I like that you're like, I don't really need your services, but I want to work with you. And that's where you want to be. 
as a mm-hmm. business person. So you really Absolutely. specialize in building that no like, and trust factor, which is what absolutely. so many people don't understand in sales for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's funny even doing, you know, your web copy. And I'm thinking back now, I remember in our kickoff call, we had a really lovely sort of tangent chat about faith and God and all of these things. And it's something that I don't often have an opportunity to speak about in a business sense to people, but having that moment of almost storytelling with you, connection, being able to talk about our experiences immediately, I could feel the trust with you build, you know, I like you as a person and it kind of snowballs from there. And now, you know, I'm on your podcast and it shows that these little pieces of stories and connections, and it doesn't have to be your life story. You know, it can be little bits. They make a big difference, I think, to the way your community expands and builds. Yes. And more specifically, how do we even go about tying storytelling into brands and businesses? Like, what does that even look like for people? Mm. So what storytelling for your brand or business can look like really isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. However, Mm. in saying that, there's the same formula that I would use every time. So when I say not one-size-fits-all, I mean that if you are a product-based business and you're selling something that you've designed, that you've had intimate experience with that has helped you in your life, your story will probably be something that is maybe a bit more in depth than what someone who's a service provider might use. And I'll give you an example. So as coaches and service providers, I think we get to a stage or I've seen a lot of clients get to stages in their business where they say, Emma, I don't want to identify with my story being, you know, where I was before I entered the industry or when I was struggling. I don't really want to identify with that. I'm ready for a new story, but how do you create a new story for your business? What does that look like? And I often say it is the same formula, but you just get to apply it differently depending what your business is. And that formula is, in my experience, you choose key moments in your business journey or in your life. And these key moments can be something as like as simple as a conversation, a trip you took, a day that you deeply remember, a lesson you learned from someone. You take those key moments, a handful of them, and those become your stories. They become like the flag posts in your journey. So rather than your story having to be from the time you were a teenager to starting your business and your whole timeline, like a resume, your story gets to be these little moments. And I just say, write them down, extract the lesson from them, and then speak to them in a way where it's just like someone's transported into that moment with you. What were you doing? What were you feeling? And then what did you learn from it? And that has been the most effective way to tell stories because a lot of brands, I think, want to continue evolving and don't always want to identify with an origin story. Yeah. Yep. And me personally, I mean, I feel like an origin story is kind of important though, too, because Mm -hmm. my whole transition into my new brand was almost like an origin story in and of itself. Like it was one big life experience. Like for me, it wasn't just these little moments. So, I mean, I feel like you could probably do it either way. Couldn't you? 
that's a really great point. And that sort of is the other example. And I was talking about product-based businesses with that, but you can apply it to anything is depending where you are in your business, you can also have, of course, more of an origin story. And ironically, that's what I use in my business. I speak more to where I was when I started business as a virtual assistant to being a copywriter, because that's what works for me. Your story transitioning from being in the beauty industry to more so being a coach and having these moments. So you can absolutely do both. What I've just noticed, I think with clients is that for some people potentially who maybe aren't comfortable sharing the origin story yet, or they're maybe not identifying with it anymore. They've moved past it. They can share the bite-sized smaller stories. And then for people who still feel it's a really beautiful connector, like myself or like you, we can kind of weave that bigger story into what we do. Yes. I love that. And, you know, I feel like it's obviously really, really important to work your storytelling into your content, right? Like that's the whole point of it. And, you know, we all want content that converts into sales, right? Like that's the goal. People want to be like solely on Instagram and or TikTok and be making those sales, right? But very few people like really understand the how in doing this. So what are your maybe most successful methods from making sales from your content through using your methods? Oh, I love that question. So I would say when you touched on Instagram and TikTok, I'm going to speak in the realm of those platforms because those are the two places that I market myself and, and predominantly the people I work with. So on a tangible level, the most successful way that I have personally converted content into sales and also with my clients has been being able to, and as we touched on with storytelling, being able to take a story or take something that you've learned from an experience and share it with people in a way that does three things. You're capturing their attention. You're not starting at the very beginning. You're going about midway through a story. And I'll kind of give an example after. And you're also being, I would say, like a little bit vulnerable in what the message is. And and a good example of this would be when you jump on TikTok or if you're scrolling TikTok or whatever it might be, and you come across, there's, there's so many people out there who do it well, but you come across someone who jumps on the screen and they're saying to you, this happened to me today. This is what I was feeling. This is what I actually learned. And they're not necessarily selling you something, but they're speaking to their experience with a level of vulnerability and openness and personality, you're immediately engaged. And oftentimes it's mid story. They're not kind of sitting down and saying on Thursday, the 28th of June, (laughs) hi, went to the shop. You know, they're kind of jumping in and going, you will never guess what happened. Yeah, exactly. And you can use your personality. You know, I'm not a naturally hyperactive, really, really overly talkative person. So I don't try to be that way. Exactly. I don't try to be that way. But when I jump in and use this method of kind of going midway through a story, being vulnerable and connective, and also sharing the lesson, I don't actually have to sell what I'm trying to sell. However, What I will say, I always try to have a call to action at the end, which is to let me know if you want to follow me for more. Let me know what you found from this, what your lesson was, what you think, because I think what converting content is built on is people wanting to come back and engage with you and talk to you and learn more about you rather than you directly hard selling them. 
I used the example of a video. If you were using like a static Instagram post, I would say the same thing. Start midway through a story or an experience, extract the lesson, share it, and then do a call to action that invites people to join in the experience with you. What did they think? What were their takeaways? Or simply to DM you if anything came up for them or to follow you. I really have found those to be the most effective. Hard selling has a place in time, absolutely, but it's just never going to match, in my opinion, the power of someone thinking that you are like them and relating to you and then realizing you've got something to offer them. And I feel like the hard sell is definitely more of a masculine thing. Like Mm. most women, like, gravitate totally away from sales in general just because of that factor in sales like they never want to be seen as the skeezy like used car salesman type vibe and because of that I feel like they totally are like we don't do sales (laughs) but you obviously still have to have an element of sales and everything but I like how you said that you know you kind of need to get their attention keep it keep them following you keep them interested in you Mm -hmm. And the sale will come because let's face it, like probably 90% of people that follow you are going to make a decision at some point, whether they want to work with you or not. There's very few people I feel like that see one clip and are like, oh my God, I love her. I'm in. Bye. Like, that's just not how most people are. And if that happens, then obviously you're doing it right. Yeah, you're killing like it's it. working well <laughs> yeah. at that point. But I find at the same time, you know, when you're marketing, you have this opportunity to speak to really two groups of people. You can speak to someone who is deep in the pain of what they're experiencing, deep in the struggle, deep in, in that place. And they may be more desperate for a solution. However, I say this to a lot of my coaching clients, when you visualize who you want to work with and maybe who your ideal client is, is it someone who is deep in that place or potentially is it someone who is in a place where they've moved through the initial pain and they're ready to go to another level so it sort of depends who you're wanting to work with yeah absolutely and and just who you desire to speak to I think I think hard selling can attract people who are desperate for a solution but the soft selling the storytelling attracts people who are ready for a connection Well, and the emotional aspect of it too, like this sounds stupid to say, but I had my first viral TikTok video last week and oh my gosh, I know I was so pumped. I've been like praying for it and like working so hard for it. It was all about letting God into your financial life. It attracted so many women that were in such a difficult financial position, which is not the ideal client that I want to be working with. I hate to say that. But I do not want the clients that are really struggling to find money right now. I get like, you know, life is just kind of difficult for a lot of people right now. But I also want people that are like, yes, I'm ready to commit. Not people that are like, I don't even know where that money's Mm going to come from. So it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I got excited when you said you went viral. I think it's a good lesson though for people who, or business owners, I should say, who you know, of this dream that going viral will be, it's fantastic for visibility, but that it might change our sales or things. Cause I also went viral. And while the visibility is phenomenal, 
Um, it's interesting because it just showed me even more securely that you don't need a ton of followers to make money. You don't need a ton of followers to make an impact. Yeah. Visibility is wonderful, but going viral is difficult to control the type of people who may see the content. So it's very cool story though. It's very interesting to observe. Hey. And I mean, it's exciting as hell. Like I woke up and I was like, my husband was in the living room. I was like, babe, I went viral. And he comes running into our bedroom and he's like, let me see. (laughs) It's so hard to go viral. So once you're there, you're like, all right, who's coming in? What's happening? It was crazy. Like I woke up to new discovery calls booked. I woke up to new coaching applications, which was awesome. But at the end of the day, none of it converted because it just wasn't the right type of client. So like you said, it is a really good lesson. And I probably need to do a whole podcast episode on that. Yeah, I'm putting that in my notes right now. But (laughs) I do want you to talk about like the different styles of marketing, because especially on TikTok, I feel like we see so much of that Lambro marketing, because especially in the business coaching world and investing, you see a lot of men and that's totally fine. I have no issue with men, but their style of marketing with the Lambos and the Vipers and the stacks of cash and the gold chains (laughs) and the yachts, like it's just not a feminine thing. So, and there's a reason that we haven't seen any women like marketing like that. Like, can you imagine? So tell me your thoughts on that. Oh, (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. This is probably my favorite sort of question because I think you could talk about this, as you said, almost for like a whole episode in itself. Yes. Yep. I think so. So recently I did put up a reel and I know you mentioned that about the Lambo bro marketing and the most interesting part that I think that style of marketing shows for me is that there is going to be a buyer for everything, right? There is going to be someone who is attracted to every type of marketing and service. And the excuse that no one cares about what I have to say and no one cares about my story or my offer won't cut it because I don't believe that. I really believe if someone's going to invest in I won't name names, but the people who are standing in front of the Lamborghini in their garage and telling you about their courses and everyone knows who I'm talking about because that ad just comes up on YouTube every second day, you know, then there's someone who's going to buy your service that you're pouring your heart into. Yes. There's like three to five of them that I can picture in my head that I see all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the difference between different styles of marketing, I mean, really in my real life, I know I mentioned a friend of mine, Mia, and she is a really heart-centered marketer. She is also an Aussie. And what I observed, because sometimes I, I think it's so easy when you're in your own bubble to forget to observe. And I was observing her marketing, which is very storytelling based, very feminine and connecting through the know, the like, and the trust, comparing that to the bro marketing. And what I realized the biggest difference was is coming back to the fact that storytelling isn't designed to sell the dream. It's designed to show people the aspects of you. And I say aspects because there will be aspects of you that aren't relatable to them, but it's to show the relatable and connective aspects of you that people can identify with. For example, if you're a business coach and you opt for the bro style, unrelatable, sell the dream marketing, you will probably 
I would hazard to say most times be calling in the kind of humans who want to buy the dream. I have seen it before with particular people in other industries is attracting almost like a group of people who aren't forging a community. They're forging sort of just like, it's a very mechanical way of doing business. Whereas in Mia's example, or with anyone who focuses on storytelling, I like to say, and like you're a business coach, for example, you can make aspects of what you share relatable to people to allow them to have a connection point. I think that is the major difference so that when people work with you in that capacity, sure, you may be more accomplished financially or in business than them. And that is your authority. But there's relatable points in your journey that they're able to see themselves in. And then they feel that trust to work with you. Yes. And all of the guys that I'm thinking about, like you don't hear that kind of stuff from them, like how they came from literally, you know, nothing or how hard it was for them to start their businesses. Yes. Like you don't hear that stuff. All you see is, you know, like Grant Cardone on his yacht, which, you know, great for him. Super happy, dude, you're successful. You're killing it. But yeah, you don't talk about how difficult it was for you to get that yacht. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear the backstory. No, I fully agree. And it's funny because I know anyone listening to this, if you scroll on TikTok or you're just an observant person in the world of business and online business and entrepreneurship, you would have also seen, you know, a lot of sales pages that look the same, a lot of copy that kind of reads the same, mm-hmm. a lot of like yes. countdown timers and you're kind of yes. like Fuck. sorry no no <laughs> sort of like fine. we curse <laughs> i'm trying to sorry. cut down on it's it but like... yes we do curse <laughs> gosh i get passionate talking about this but you see all these things and you sort of they kind of meld into one yeah and yes they might be everywhere but my question to you is well have you invested in them and if you did did it go well because <laughs> if not There is something to the connection, the storytelling, the real human marketing, the heart to heart. The only sales pages that I have seriously considered actually purchasing from were from women that I had been following for a while. I watched their content consistently. I probably listened to their podcasts. I know their stories. Even if their sales pages look similar to someone else's in the format and with the countdown timers, I would buy theirs any day over someone else's that just doesn't really resonate with me or they don't share those stories or it's just, I feel like marketing is such a a personal thing too. Like you're either going to click with it or you're not. It's relationship building. Yeah. 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 100%. We're just taking a quick break so I can tell you about my mentorship program. If you're stuck in corporate or you're working for someone else and you're just not happy, but you absolutely know that there's a more beautiful, fulfilled life possible for you, listen up, girl, because this program is for you. I created my private mentorship program to help women like you. It's literally a freaking rocket ship that's going to take you all the way from a little baby beginning business idea into the full-blown creation 
branding, launch, and day-to-day operations of your brand new business. And most importantly, it's going to help you leave that full-time gig that you hate. If this sounds like a hell fucking yes, DM me on Instagram at Megan Turley Coaching to get started. I cannot freaking wait to connect with you, help you build the business and life of your dreams because girl, guess what? That is 100% what you deserve out of life. Now back to the show. The example of countdown timers, you know, I've used them and I don't think inherently they are a negative thing. I think bro marketing has kind of put a sour taste in the mouth of certain things, but I fully agree. And marketing at its core is relationship building. It's an ecosystem. I don't look at it like a funnel. I look at it like things work together. Your content works with who you are as a person. If you're in touch with your human and your ability to express yourself, you can speak to your business better. Everything works really beautifully together and you know with that style of marketing that alternative style I and yourself and and a lot of women I believe sure we could make a lot more money if we marketed like that to the pain and the dreams and desires of people in that way but I don't believe the community the trust the retention rate and the long-term financial stability and vision is there because it is not really founded in anything value, like a value. And it screams transactional to me. And for me, I kind of run my coaching business, how I ran my aesthetics business. Like it's all about that connection to me. Like I went into my aesthetics business knowing that I didn't want that one-off facial client because to me that meant nothing. And I kind of run my coaching business the same way. That's why I don't have like big group programs or like one-off trainings that you can buy because that stuff to me is just frankly, like not fulfilling. Like it doesn't allow me to like really get to know someone and to really be a part of their journey. And that to me is what is most rewarding. So those are the people that I want, not that quick turnaround type of thing. Absolutely. And you know, one day, if you eventually do offer a training or something else, you have built such a trust and connection community that those things then are received differently. Like it's doing it almost in the order of that makes sense rather than the opposite order, which is where people are throwing a hundred products out, but they don't even have the basis of a personal brand yet of a community. And Nobody wants to take the time to do that because also no one talks about how flipping hard that is either. Like that is where I'm at right now in my business grind, like trying to build my audience and create a community. This is hard freaking work. Like this is not easy. And the whole Lambro marketing that doesn't touch on that either. Like not at all. A lot of people don't touch on that. And if you miss that part of it, you're going to be launching all of these offers. Hello, I've done this. So I know. <laughs> and you, oh, you same. Have, I think so many people have. Yeah. Yeah. And you have no like and trust built behind that. So it's going to fall really? flat. Yeah. And there's a massive level in that style of marketing of instant gratification. Yes. And in marketing, you know, I also work in corporate marketing and I know the fundamentals of marketing, I guess, on a bigger scale, which is that yeah. you give people small wins to feel as though they got something from you that helped them so that they want to work with you more however in those small almost like I guess mini offers that we can have a tendency to want to bring out without building the community Mm. we miss that really really cool opportunity where 
when you have people who trust you and connect with you as a person, once that's built, you could bring out anything and more often than not, you'll find a way to sell it because people just know that you are someone that they can trust to recommend things, to sell things. So it is the longer game, but it makes more sense for your longer vision. And I would even say, you know, and I know I've touched on this on my own Instagram, if you're ever struggling to build that community, one of the ways I tell my clients, and I was just thinking of an example, is I act like I'm on FaceTime or I'm on live on a Facebook group with my audience and I hop on yeah. my stories and I, I speak to people like I would talk to you right now. Yes. And it's the quickest way to let someone into your world to trust you. And it doesn't require a huge amount of time from you. So that's just a little kind of tip. And that's exactly what I do on my stories too. Like I used to be so, so nervous about getting on camera, but it's just now I'm like, hi guys. Like, you know, it it just flows. Like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get in it, but people can't seem to get past that initial, like, Hey, just talk like it's your mom on FaceTime. Like, and practice makes perfect. Yeah. It takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned the long game, kind of the long vision. And I know that you talk about clarity a lot, especially because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, clarity in business is everything, whether that's your offers, whether that's your brand, whether that's who you serve. Like, clarity is so important. But I feel like so many business owners, just don't really understand clarity around everything that they're offering. And even more so, they struggle to put that into words. Do you have any like really good advice for those people that struggle with, you know, creating their copy, creating their storytelling with clarity while also, you know, still being themselves? Great question. Yeah, I do. And this is something that has been years of refining to really get to a point of being able to have worked with enough people to really see that when it comes to getting clarity in your business, it is not a complicated multi, multi, multi-step process. What it is, it is simple. However, it's one of those really incredible things where you can keep going deeper if you wish. There's many layers, but it is simple. And clarity in your business comes back to what you do, who you do it for, and why you do it. And those three components give you your mission. They give you your purpose, your drive. And when you're clear on your mission and the clarity for everything else really is almost that optional deep dive, where then you can go a little bit deeper and you can decide if you want to start looking at, okay, like, well, am I clear? Like, do I want to get more clear on this aspect or that aspect? Yes. But at the fundamental, who you help, why you help them and what you help them with is what I say to every client. It's just a non-negotiable that you need to be clear on in your business. And that kind of, for me, comes back to like, I just did a webinar last night with estheticians about their dream client. And some of the girls were really struggling to get clarity around who their person is. And it's like, don't overthink this. What do you specialize in? Who is that service for? Build it out from there. That's all that it is. I completely agree. And I often say, if someone comes to me and we're building out their message and clarity and we get to the part where we talk about your dream client, 
people have complicated relationships with this. I yeah. think some people really get icky at the idea of labeling sure. a certain type of person yeah. out of the fear that they'll isolate other people yeah. or that other people won't come near them or it will limit their ability to help people. And I really think your your advice that it needs to be simple, but if you're struggling on a deep level to identify it, my recommendation is who were you one year, two year, three year, five years ago, whenever it is, what did you need at that time? What did you desire? What were you craving and feeling? And that can be the kind of person that you can help until you get maybe more clarity on the direction or how that might look down the future. But for now, you are usually most equipped to help a past version of yourself because you know how it felt, you know what you experienced and all of that. And in the case of being you know, an esthetician, potentially you may not have ever had struggles with your skin, but you know what it is like to want to improve XYZ. You know what it is like to want to be in a better place with how you feel about yourself, all of these things. Yes. And I think it's also important to note that clarity can change when your business changes. And for me, that comes with like different offers. Like not all offers are going to be for the same person. And the longer you're in business, the more that you start to realize like, oh, there's this need that's going to be for this type of person. And I've got clarity around that, but then I've got a whole other offer for someone totally different. And I feel like you just have to be open to the fluctuation of it, of exactly where you're at in business right now. I often like to say to my clients, rather than getting my ideal client or their ideal client clear through maybe their demographic or their age or whatever it might be, what they do for work, I really like to think of it on more of a human level. Okay. What are their values? What do they believe? Maybe, you know, what are all these fundamental things? And then sure, my offers hit them at different points in their business. I might have person A who is 10 years in and she is perfectly suited for one offer and then person B who just started is better suited for another offer. But at their fundamental core, they have the same values. They have the same guiding principles. They have the same mission. And it helps keep that cohesive clarity with all that room for shifting and moving depending where they're at in their own business and life. And that's, you know, you as a brand are always going to have, you know, the core clarity on who you are, what you do and why you do it. But then, like we said, it, it breaks down a little bit. It gets a little deeper in some areas and that comes with time. Like that doesn't necessarily have to be like done right up front. But I do think like you always talk about some clarity is very, very necessary. Absolutely. And it does. Yeah. It takes time. And it also, it's something that you can keep coming back to. I do message and clarity exercises on myself every couple months just to revisit where am I at? What's my vision? Okay. Has something been refined or shifted and just anchors me back in? Yeah, absolutely. And like, obviously I highly recommend working with you because I had such a good experience. You're you're a pro. Like, I don't know anybody in the U S that operates on the level that you do. Like you're very soul led with it, which I really appreciate. You're very genuine. But if someone is not in like the financial position to hire a copywriter or to work with you, what would be your biggest tips for them? Well, thank you very much. That is lovely. And I so am receiving and appreciating that. And I loved working with you as well. It doesn't surprise me though, when I get an experience to cross paths with someone like you, because when you come from the heart led place, you do just call in people who really 
see you and you relate to. So it's a testament to the power of storytelling and all of those things. But for someone who potentially isn't in a position to have a copywriter or to work one-on-one with someone in the marketing space, I would suggest, and I was saying to Megan at the start of the call, I'm in that shift where I'm just about to release some new offers. So follow me and stay tuned. But for now, I offer one-off strategy calls, which are really powerful. They're 90-minute calls and we're able to dive really deep into strategy around your marketing and your content and your story. If you wanted something a little more intensive, I do VIP intensive weeks, which is a lot more of a deep dive into your messaging, into your brand voice and all those things that we sort of chatted about in this podcast. So those would be the two ways I would recommend you could enter my world. And that's awesome because I think honestly could really benefit just about anybody. I feel like no matter what stage you're at in your business, whether you're brand new, whether you're 10 years into it, I feel like it could just be such a good opportunity for almost anybody. And I know that you have a special little deal for our listeners. So do you want to talk about that? It's obviously going to be in the show notes, but (laughs) you tell them what they get for listening. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, those two different offers I spoke on, I have done God, I think it would be nearly a hundred of each of those I've done with different business owners. I've done more VIP intensive weeks and more strategy calls than I can even put a number on because there's such powerful ways to get really actionable tips and ways to shift your business without committing to something long-term and still working towards your vision. So with the VIP intensive week, it will be 20% off for all listeners. Now I charge in Australian dollars. So really <laughs> it's even better of a price for anyone in the US because you guys, your dollar is in the US. Worth, yeah, <laughs> your dollar's worth much more than ours, which is wonderful for you. So it's the, not worth the prices will be days, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know no dollar feels like it's going that far in general, nope. but nope. it will be 20% off the VIP intensive week, and then 20% off a messaging audit, which is a new service that I offer. And it's something I've done for a long time, but I've never packaged it as a service you can buy. I've done it for private clients where I go through all of your content and your current messaging, and I refine it for you. And that will be 20% off too. I won't okay. confuse you with the Australian prices. I'll let them in the People show can notes. Google and... the converter. Like it's not that big. Exactly. Because <laughs> if I start throwing numbers out, it's just no. we're all over no. the shop. <laughs> no, I will put the link in the show notes for everybody to take a look at everything. You're actually like our first guest that has offered something special to the listeners. So I really oh. appreciate that. Of course. I love welcoming new people in who are aligned like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, obviously we're the female CEO show, so should be pretty aligned, I would hope. (laughs) I have no doubt. (laughs) And last major question, like if somebody is getting ready to start a business, whether it's online, whether it's in person, what is your biggest piece of advice for them? I know it's hard Mm -hmm. just to pick one. Often women who enter entrepreneurship are high achieving, maybe self-professed perfectionists people who have very high standards for themselves, don't allow your pursuit of perfection to stop you from making moves. Statistically, women are more likely to postpone doing things until they're perfect. And 
men will take a lot more messy action. And that's something I think we can really learn is that taking that action before we might feel ready is the quickest way to learn and and get our foot in the door. So I would say if you're sitting on something and you're tossing out whether it's good enough, it's probably good. And you're probably ready to put it in the world and refine it then. And I always say, if you've got that idea in your head and in your heart, there's a reason for it, but you're literally never going to be ready. Like never Never. in my life have I ever felt quote unquote ready to do something, (laughs) but I'm just like, I got to get this antsiness out of my body. I got to get this feeling out and we're just, we got to take the leap of faith and do it. So I love that you said that because I basically live by that. So (laughs) my dad always says, Ready is a setting on the washing machine. It's not a setting on a human. You're never going to feel ready. It's like a setting for an appliance. So you just got to go. <laughs> well, Emma, I so appreciate you. I know it's like eight o'clock in the morning, your time, but this was amazing. This was a great interview. Thank you for taking the time. Guys, all of Emma's info is linked in the show notes. Please make sure that you check her out. At least give her a follow. She drops so many gems on her stories. I'm constantly on her stories, like screenshotting things and being like, I need to do this. I need to do this. <laughs> like, let me feel everything I'm doing. So Emma, well, this has been you. the best start to my day. Yeah. Thank you again. And guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you liked it, share it on your socials, rate the episode, follow the podcast. That is the quickest way to get the message out. We will talk to you all next week. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening today. Before you go, would you love a free business strategy call? This is an amazing step towards creating your own business. Or if you're already a business owner, a beautiful time to chat with me and see where your business could maybe use a little bit of help. If that sounds like a hell yes, all you have to do is leave an honest review about the show wherever you listen to the podcast. Take a screenshot and send it to me, Megan at MeganTurleyCoaching.com and I'll get in touch with you to schedule your free business strategy call. I am so excited to chat with you and help you start and grow your business. Bye for now, angels. Mwah.